welcome to Coffee with Jen. I have a great guest today, and her name is Brenda Hook. And Brenda and I actually met a few years ago in Kansas City at a women's fitness summit. And we've kind of kept in touch um, through the world of social media. And, you know, social media can be bad, but it's also great because it helps you kind of stay in touch with folks. And Brenda's someone that's actually uh, I follow because she kind of speaks my language and um, she's an older woman like myself and has a big focus on health and fitness. And so, and she has the best looking biceps. If you haven't seen Brenda's biceps, you should check her out on Instagram and I'll put all her social links here and you should check out her biceps. But she has an explanation for those biceps. She poo-poos those biceps, but uh, she has some, she has a great set of guns. So welcome Brenda to Coffee with Jen. It's good to be here, Jen. Nice to see you again. Absolutely. So tell us, I gave you that great introduction. I mean, how could you have a better introduction than that? But um, tell us a little bit about you and, and kind of what are you having going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, I am a, uh, I have personal trainer certification um, and I've had a nutrition certification, but I haven't done anything with either one of them. Um, in the years that I've had them, except just help friends and family and encourage them. And, but uh, I'm getting ready to start promoting myself a little bit better, I think, in that arena. And because I really want to help people um, age better. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of misinformation on social media, um, either extremes or uh, right or wrong or things that just really aren't practical it is confusing to folks right there's so much out there who do you believe how do you navigate that right and i tried to stay you know for the most part with people that are evidence-based um and i know that everyone's different so some things work for one person and may not work for somebody else but i think that it's probably a little bit narrower than people would believe from looking at Facebook or Instagram and, or even Netflix. I've heard people say that, you know, you shouldn't get your uh, health and fitness information off the same uh, streaming service that you get your entertainment. That, that might be good advice. <laughs> but the thing is, science-based stuff, though, sometimes it's not too sexy, is it? No, because, no, you know, the, 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 a lot of the stuff that we see on the internet or in magazines, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it seems a little glamorous. And then when folks are promising me, you know, if someone can promise me, I'm going to look like Bridget Bardot in 21 days, Hey, that yeah. might get my attention. That may not be realistic. Who doesn't may not be size-based. Yeah, who doesn't want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days or. Hey, girlfriend, I like to wake up in the morning and have 20 pounds less off. How do I do that? So I think that's what appeals to folks. So folks like yourself and myself, and there's a lot of other folks out there that are telling folks these, quote, unsexy things like, oh, I don't know, Brenda, it might take longer than 21 days if you have 50 pounds to lose. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I interrupted you a little bit. But yeah, so, um, so you're trying to reach... What kind of group of folks? What's your authentic self? What's your tribe? Who's your tribe? My tribe is probably most likely women 50 and over, maybe 45 and over, um, primarily women, uh, maybe a few guys in there. Um, but I think mostly women who have not exercised at all or haven't exercised for a long time. I okay. think a lot of women my age grew up as I did with. And, and how old are you, Brenda? I I'm 64. Know. She's 64. Just turned 64, right? Yes, I did. And I think a lot of women my age grew up like I did. I hated phys ed class. I hated it. I was so glad when my family moved to Texas um, my sophomore year of high school and I found out that band was a substitute for PE and I didn't have to go anymore because I was not at all athletic and I think a lot of uh, women from that time period and probably even since then grew up with that 
um, attitude about physical fitness that it's punishment. Um, you know, if you don't want to run because it's punishment or they grew up, you know, oh, all I need to do is go for a run and I'll lose weight. Um, and they hate running, but they do it anyway. And then they wonder why they still don't look like they thought they should when, you know, we've talked about it before. Walking is a perfectly legitimate exercise that most people can do. Most people can do. There takes no training, no special equipment, but well, folks just feel shoes. like, well, gee, that can't work. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of benefits to walking, just even easy walking. Absolutely. You know, and um, so going back to where you said women didn't grow up with this and, and, and I didn't, I'm 57. Okay. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I didn't really, I wasn't exposed to a lot of quote exercise. And I certainly wasn't exposed to strength training, which by the way, I discovered at the age of the, kind of the late age of 47, that it is the secret sauce. But I think if I'm hearing you right, you're trying to reach real women. And I don't mean real women. Of course, they all exist. We're all real. But I mean, realistic, because I think some folks look at some of these fitness models and some of these, it's like, well, she looks perfect. And I can never be that way. And they're doing all these exercises that I just feel like I can't ever do. So I'm just not going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, they're so, working, or they hear about somebody that's going to the gym for two or three hours a day and they don't have time to do that or the energy. to. Do so it that. seems impossible. It's like I can't. Fitness isn't for me. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's really who I think my audience is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your health and fitness life. So you already said that you didn't grow up as a child loving exercise. And let's be honest, a lot of us don't love exercise but we like the benefits that it comes but I think sometimes you just got to find something that you love to do and makes you feel good because I think we all like to feel good so kind of when did you first started when did you start really get into oh there's something something about this exercise stuff that's pretty good well I grew up in a really athletic family where I was not athletic <laughs> and but when I was 23, uh, I had some friends in Colorado that said, oh, you know, you should try running. And then next winter, you can come up and go cross country skiing with us. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give this a try. And I never did go cross country skiing because I started running and really enjoyed it. And then uh, somebody got me to run in a race and I found out that I was really good at it. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed it. I, I'm small and I was small when I started running um, and I stayed small. And I think that I just, I really enjoyed that. And then I started weightlifting. Um, I, I did strength training off and on through the years with that because I learned that if you have a stronger upper body and run hills, it gives you more force to pump your arms going up a hill. And so that was the benefit of that. But I didn't really probably consistently strength train until about 25 years ago. Okay. Um, so you were in your, in your forties. Forties. I was probably about 40, early forties when I started strength training and I've done it fairly consistently. I mean, I go back and forth on whether I'm just doing dumbbells or metabolic conditioning or various things, but I haven't gotten very far away from it in all those years. Right. Now right you now. and I could probably talk all day long about the benefits of strength training, but, um, but when did the light bulb, did you have a light bulb moment? Like, Ooh, this strength training is there's something to this beyond, you know, it's like the secret sauce as you've aged, let's kind of think about as we age. So as we age, you said, you know, when you were starting out, it was helping you with your running, which you really mm -hmm. loved, but then did you find different benefits as you started getting older with the strength training? Um, I think just watching people age made a big difference. You know, watching um, my father is 91 and relatively healthy um, and sharp mentally, 
but you know he started having trouble getting out of a chair without having you know he couldn't get up out of a chair which you use your arms you know he has to use his arms to do that instead of just standing up um and i started noticing other people that had that you know their arms their legs weren't strong enough to just stand up um you hear about people you start to hear about people falling and they can't get up off the floor uh, I told someone a few months ago that if all you ever did was, you know, lay down on the floor and manage to get yourself up every day, which seems easy to them at this time, but at some point it was easy for someone that can no longer do it and they don't realize until they've fallen. Right. I think at the age that I'm at, you know, the main things, most important things are probably balance um, and being able to get up off the floor if you do fall and being able to get out of a chair. And I like to, I'm short, so I have to reach over my head to put anything in the cabinet. Um, and I like, and I'm lazy, so I like to carry all my groceries in in one trip. So those are the things that I think have become more important to me more than just aesthetics. Right, it's, it's that functional strength, you know, and, and um, aesthetics is you know is how we look and let's keep it real we do want to look as good as we can I, it's mm -hmm. just human nature I mean we do um and but sometimes or oftentimes we get too hung up on that um especially younger folks but not just younger folks but you know I work with older adults you know uh, 60s 70s 80s and you know what I still from time to time hear that you know they're still really focused on oh what can we do about this belly fat of mine or this arm jiggle, you know? So I don't think that ever totally goes away, mm -hmm. but health and it's that functional strength. Like, just like you said, being able to get up and down out of a chair, things we take for granted, but those are the things that will land us honestly in a nursing home quicker than quick. Or, or even you know, people fall. Yes. After a certain age, they fall and they break a hip, and and that's the end. It's the end. It, it's end of independence, and it can also be the end of your life. I mean, there's statistics out there, and I can't quote them right now, but American adults over 65, it's pretty staggering how many folks take a fall, and from there they are it just spirals into all kinds of other health issues, loss of independence, and sometimes death for those folks. Mm -hmm. And so my big thing is, you know, with, with functional, functional means you're able to get up and down out of a chair. You're able to transfer yourself in and out of the bed. You're able to do all your life activities, going grocery shopping. You're saying you're short. You need to be able to reach up on those shelves, right? Mm -hmm. And what people need to think about, and typically they don't think about it till, it affects them and they're like, they can't do it. And you need to start thinking about it. Actually, even when you're 20 and 30 and 40 is when you're no longer able to do that anymore, you're kind of sunk. And that's what lands you in. One of my biggest fears is losing my independence and not being able to take care of myself. And there's so many things that we can't control. Mm -hmm. But you know what I can control? I can control how I move my body and what I eat to try to keep myself as strong as possible because uh, I want to be able to get up and down out of that chair. I want to be able to get myself off that floor if I need to, because I don't want nobody telling me what I can and can't do um, because I no longer can take care of myself because maybe I didn't take care of myself when I was younger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so you've seen that and that's really helped you. Well, and my to. daughter. My daughter is a CNA and takes care ah, of so she sees it. older people. And, you know, some of them, you know, there's a big variety in how well some of them get around and can move themselves or get out of bed or, or not. Um, and so I, I think that that, you know, some of her stories have probably had an effect too. Because like you said, you know, as we get older, I mean, I look in the mirror and I'm starting to see a lot more gray hair and saggy skin and wrinkles. And I can't do anything about that. I'm nope. never going to look as good as I did when I was 40 or even 50, you know, and <laughs> probably, you know, or even 60. And, but I can lift weights and I can keep moving and I can eat right and um, try to be in as good a health as I possibly can. 
for right. the age that I'm right now. Yeah. And hopefully one day you're 85 and you're like, man, I wish I looked like I did when I was 64, <laughs> but you're still able to get up and do all the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And going back to your daughter as CNA, you know, I work, you know, with older adults and I have worked with some folks and still are working with some folks that are in currently in assisted living type facilities or, um, and what they're trying desperately to do is not to have to go into a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And there's so many folks that are in nursing homes, not necessarily because they're sick. It's not like they're sick. They're, they're no longer able to do basic things for themselves, like can't get up and down out of a chair. These are some of the guidelines to be able to stay in assisted living versus having to go to a nursing home mm-hmm. is you got to be able to get up and down out of a chair by yourself. You have to get up and out of your bed by yourself. You've got to be able to toilet yourself and you've got to be able to walk without falling. Mm-hmm you lose the ability to do any of those things. You can't be an independent or assisted living. You've got to go to a nursing home. And now you're in a nursing home where, you know, so, you know, got to stay strong. And you don't think about things like that until maybe you're older. But um, to me, that's way more important than how, how you look. Yeah. And I have, I mean, genetically, there's a lot of longevity in my family. So, you know, my dad always jokes that he's going to live to be 110. He had a, a cousin that died at 103 or 104 and a grandmother that lived to be 102. And um, most of my grandparents have lived to be in their nineties. So, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to live that long, <laughs> I'm going to try to be as healthy as I possibly yeah, can. Yeah, you want quality of life, just mm-hmm. not quantity. Because, you know, some folks say, well, Jennifer, we're all going to die someday. Mm-hmm. And um, so why do I need to, you know, eat better or exercise? Because we're all going to die someday and blah, blah, blah. And there's 100-year-olds, you know, that have smoked and drank and eaten pork belly or whatever. But, but it's like, yeah, but what's their quality of life? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not quantity versus quality. You know, I want, I want as if I'm going to live to be a hundred, I want those to be as good years as possible. You know, I don't yeah. want those hundred years and I'm sick and I'm living at the pharmacy buying pharmaceuticals and, ugh, you know, I, I want some good years. Right. I want, I want that quality. Yeah. yeah. So, so those are the folks that you're hoping to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, um, me too. You and I are in alignment, but you know, something that I found out this summer, and I'm going to say if you have a similar experience, because, you know, there are a lot of folks, no matter what their age are, they, they follow those fitness trends online and they follow those, you know, I hope no one's shocked, but I'm getting ready to tell you, I'm not a Barbie doll, never will be. You'll never see me in a bikini doing jump squats and music videos or whatever on a beach. And maybe on any given day, if you saw me out and about, you wouldn't ever think, oh my God, she's a personal trainer you know, uh, but, um, but I'm finding that 20 and 30 year olds are following older women like me and you in the fitness world, because they're like, and, and the Ernestine Shepherds and the Joan McDonald's, um, because you know what, I want what they've got. If they're 57, 64 in their seventies, in their eighties, and they're able to do all that and they're healthy and moving, Oh, I want what they've got. And uh, I find that really interesting. That um, is interesting. Yeah. So have you had any any comments like that that people are like, I, w- I want what you've got, Brenda? Because, you know, honestly, I'm not way behind you, but I do I do envy your biceps. By the way. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the main one. I've actually had men that said they wish they had my biceps. I always yeah. tell them I got them from my mother. And my but dad just, said that kids that all of us kids used to come home after school and with our friends. Well, probably not me as much as my younger siblings, but they, he said that we'd come home from um, school and bring our friends in the house and ask my dad, my mom, to flex. Her, uh, <laughs> so, so, so he's saying you you got your biceps from your mama. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. But, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, the 20 year olds, yeah, they're, they're probably still watching in the 30 years, all this, all this, um, more, I guess what I'm saying more mainstream fitness or the things that we were fed constantly that mm-hmm. that's how women should look or, 
if you just did a few ab exercises, you're going to look like her. And we know that's not realistic, but I think more and more younger women are looking at older women as role models. It's like, I want what they've got because, you know, they're still moving and they're active and, and they're looking to see, well, what are you guys doing? Cause I want to start doing that now that I'm younger. So I hear you, you know, working with these older adults, but sometimes I like the opportunity to try to get in the ears of younger in women, especially if they'll allow us to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think that, you know, a lot of, um, there's a lot of people out there that are 20 or 30, that if they would, if they would be open to the wisdom that we have, right. <laughs> that we've learned. I mean, I always tell people that some of the stuff I know, I know because I screwed up. Oh, I know. You and know, then, I made yeah. this mistake, you know, please don't do what I did, you know, do what I'm telling you to do now, yeah. because this is the voice of experience. Yeah. I, you know, I tried all the diets. I did the extreme stuff. I, you know, I did two hour workouts. I, you know, did them six days a week or whatever. And it's like, no, you know, and that's not something that's maintainable. If you want to just be a normal person, you know, some of my running and everything I did because I was competing in races. And you enjoyed it. You weren't doing it. Yeah. To lose you know, weight. I wasn't doing, I wasn't beating myself up. I wasn't eating a cookie and then going and running 10 miles. Right. Um, you know, which I think it, that is not beneficial for several reasons. And it's not healthy in the long run. Cause at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how, it's, it's, if my granny was still alive and she's not still alive, but she would say at the end of the day, it don't matter how good you look in your coffin, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, well, And I think that, you know, the other thing about it is that a lot of people, I think it's our mutual friend, Lee Peel, who said no one ever hated themselves into being thin or something along that line. I've heard that before. I think it was Lee. And that sounds like something she'd say. Yeah. (laughs) And so I just think that, um, you know, people are not coming from a place of loving their body or trying to make it better or trying to do it for health. Right. And, you know, that's very sad. They're doing it because they hate something about it in their own minds. You know, they they don't like that spare tire or they don't like the way that their their cellulite looks. And, you know, we've all got cellulite. Um, And we we all focus on our own cellulite. And we honestly really don't pay attention to anybody else's. Well, and, you know, (laughs) you think you're not supposed to have cellulite because they've airbrushed that out of those, you know, photos in the magazines. It's like, well, they don't have cellulite. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah, they probably do. (laughs) Their abs are probably really not quite that flat either. Yeah. But But a lesson, kind of going back to where what you said when you were younger, you know, to try to listen to advice. I mean, probably I have said this so many times since I was 47 years old is when I finally honestly started really trying to get serious about taking better care of myself. And I grew up walking. I love to walk and I've always been a walker, but I've always, always fought being overweight. I always have. And there's a myriad of reasons for that, but I've always fought it. But I have said in the past years is that I wish, I wish I had known, I wish someone had told me when I was 25 years old that I needed to strength train. Strength training and walking in my mind is what you need. You don't need anything extreme. You don't have to beat yourself into the ground, but strength training is the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce. And I wish someone had, had told me, cause I'm really convinced Brenda, I wouldn't have struggled as hard as I struggled uh, with my weight. And certainly, you know, as I got older, I, I just really think I would have set myself up to be in a better place if I would have started younger, but you know what? No, no one told me, you know, no one told me and I didn't know. And I grew up in the age of, of aerobics and nothing wrong with aerobics. Aerobics are great. But no one taught me about strength training. You know, women might, no one taught me. And I wish, I wish that. So I, I do wish some younger women would kind of, you know, but it's not sexy. It's not, it's not sexy, you know, conversation to say, you know, 
you need to do this for the, you know, for the long haul, you need to plan on, it's not just something you're gonna do for 30 days and quit. It's, you got to build this into your life and, you know, this is, this is how you go about it. So, but yeah. Well, and I think, you know, consistency over the years makes it. Consistency. That's just it. You know, consistency, (laughs) you know, because I think that most people, most people, um, if they're just really focusing on longevity, you know, two or three times a week of strength training is enough. Absolutely. You know, if you do a whole body workout, maybe 30 minutes, even um, two or three times a week, that will get you results. Right. You don't have to be extreme. Everyone thinks you have to be extreme. And you don't have to go to the gym either. Nope. I haven't had a gym membership for 20 years. Um, and, you know, I, I, right now I have a pretty good, uh, well-equipped home gym, but when I first started working out at home, I had maybe, you know, I had a bench and one set of dumbbells and quite honestly, even what I used the bench for, I probably could have done off the floor. Um, so it's just, I think people think they have to go to the gym and they're intimidated by the gym. Well, no, you don't have to go to the gym. No. And you don't have to have a lot of equipment Mm -hmm. at home either. So I think a lot of folks overcomplicate it, not Mm -hmm. just with exercise, but with food and food's a way more, oh my (laughs) goodness. Right. Exactly. Folks focus on exercise. You know how many questions I get from folks? Oh, Jen, can you make me a workout? Cause I'm trying to, you know. I don't know, try to lose 50 pounds. Can you make me a workout? Well, yeah, I can. But what are you doing with your with your food? What do you mm-hmm. mean on food? You know, um, and food's harder because exercise to me, for most folks, that's the easy part. If it's easy, meaning you're not doing it. Food is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, surrounded by, you're, you're surrounded by your vision. You've got to cook for your family. And we got to eat. So there's no way to avoid food. And we cannot, not to be cliche, but it's true. We cannot out-exercise a poor diet. And no one wants to hear that. And sometimes it is, sometimes you do have to make deliberate choices about what you do eat and don't eat. Yeah, I think there's a lot of mindless eating out there. Yeah. Oh, know, there's a like, book. oh, I'm walking through the kitchen and, you know, oh, these chips are sitting here on the table. Let me just, you know, open up the bag and eat a handful of right. them. Or here's this jar of peanut butter. I'm just going to take a lick. Yeah. And, I, you know, I coach so many people that will just swear to me up and down. I have tried everything to lose weight. I'm hardly eating anything. I'm eating, you know, name me a number. They'll tell, you know, I'm eating like no more than 1500 calories a day and I'm doing this and that and the other. I'm like, okay, well, how do you determine, you know, um, you know, we, we underestimate how much we eat and we turn a blind eye to those little nibbles and munches and a hundred, 200 extra calories a day, more than what we think makes a difference. You know, well, we keep, we have mixed nuts. Cause I, I do like mixed nuts as a healthy fat, yep. but you think about it, a handful of nuts in my hand, which is fairly small is probably 200 calories. Yep. Well, if that's all that I did was once a day, walk through the kitchen, grab a handful of nuts, that's 200 extra calories that, oh yeah, I forgot about those yeah. nuts if you're tracking your food. But yet you thought you were eating 1500 calories a day and that's really kind of what you needed to have a deficit to lose, but you're really eating 17, 1800. Well, that's why you're not losing, right? And, and you get yourself discouraged because you think, well, my diet's not working, you know? I remember years ago, I was, um, I don't remember what I was, what diet supposedly, but I was trying to watch, you know, my calories and I figured out that the uh, scoop that I was measuring my peanut butter in was twice as big as I thought it was. And that makes a difference. Now broccoli, no, there's no way to eat over broccoli. If you can find me a person who can overeat broccoli or cauliflower, uh, collar me shocked. So it's not like we have to go around measuring that stuff, but when it comes to nut butters and nuts, they're Anything good, healthy fats, like but they're easy to over, overeat. And well, it's, and, and, and along with that, I've been thinking my daughter, and this is some of the ways that people complicate things. My daughter um, used to take 
had a job and she took her lunch every day and she took baby carrots. Mm. And someone actually said, because my daughter struggles with her weight, said, should you be eating those baby <laughs> carrots with all that sugar in them? <laughs> well, I can assure you that her weight problem or anybody's weight problem is not from the, the baby carrots. Eating yeah. too many baby carrots. Right. Well, Coach Jen, which is me, one of my my sayings is no one is obese because they ate too much produce. Yeah. I guarantee you. So yes, it's a pet peeve of mine when someone says, Oh, you're eating that apple? Mm-hmm. Oh my, my goodness. My goodness. goodness. It's like, believe me, I at one time did not weigh 238 pounds because I ate too many apples. <laughs> guarantee you guarantee you but folks do focus on those on those things but yet they're not yeah so 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 food is food is difficult for folks because we like to eat food that's pleasurable and it's probably an unsexy thing for me to say it I'm gonna say it right now that honestly if we are struggling with our weight and it's a long especially if it's a long-term problem and it is you have a significant amount of weight to lose you are going to have to give some things up, you know, and you are going to have to be very deliberate about your food choices. Doesn't mean you have to be extreme, but you, you honestly, I can't, I can't go out and just eat a bunch of fried pies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do have to be deliberate about things and you do have to measure. It's, it's just the reality. And um, so I always kind of, shake my head when I see all these crazy fad diets that come in. Well, if you just count your fat grams or, oh, if you just drink you some vinegar water in the morning when you first get up, <laughs> girlfriend, honey, I'd have drunk a gallon of vinegar water in my day if I thought that's all it took. Because then if I could just eat all I wanted the rest of the day, as long as I drink that vinegar water, sign me up for that vinegar. But, but yeah, folks, folks get hung up on that. So let's talk about your nutrition because you actually have a science-based nutrition certification mm-hmm. correct yes. and you're constantly studying nutrition yeah. right yeah I'm, I'm actually working on another one right now I just finished um a course from precision nutrition which is where my certification is um and I have another one that's moderation 365 certification through uh, Jill Coleman and I finished um a course on intermittent fasting, how to coach intermittent fasting, which can be a useful tool for some people, but tool, but not a total fix. Right. And it's not right. There's a, there's a lot of people that it's really a bad choice for. Right. And And it's getting a lot of press, right? There's Mm -hmm. different ways to do it. Um, and there's different people that, you know, maybe it might be helpful for the short term. Maybe it won't. A lot of it depends on whether it fits in with their lifestyle um, what age they are, it tends to work better for men than most women. Um, and I think there's a lot of extremes out there even with it. And I've heard of several people that totally that were, had not reached the age of menopause yet that, um, hit early menopause because it screwed up their hormones so bad. Yes. And that's, that's why it, with women, especially, have to be careful with extreme things. Extreme things usually don't work. My definition of work is it works long-term. Any, mm-hmm. any restricted diet, in my opinion, and I do you know, study this stuff, um, anything will work if you, if, you, if you get yourself into a calorie deficit. And you can get yourself into a calorie deficit all kinds of ways. So short-term, yes. But long-term, to me, it doesn't work and you've not won anything if you're doing this over and over and over and over and over again. Finally, you've got to settle on a lifestyle, something that you feel like that you can realistically do the rest of your life. Well, and it's not just... And and it can change, right? It can change with... And I think there's certain things, you know, when you're raising children or if you have a spouse or if you have friends that you like to go out with there's all sorts of things um what your work schedule is uh what your exercise schedule is what sports you're participating in or not participating in that can make a difference 
that you need may need to modify. Right. Yeah, your that's your lifestyle. Program. What is your lifestyle, right? And how how can you find something that works? Because you know who wants to sit there at a restaurant once all the restaurants are open again? Um, who wants to sit there at a restaurant where all of their friends are eating chips and salsa and you know, oh no, I can't have that. Let me just order this small dinner salad because I've used up all my calories or it's not my eating window. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't go out to eat with you because, <laughs> because I, I only eat between the hours of 4 PM and 8 PM and it's 2 PM. Right. Um, I just, I think that, you know, it's about, um, it's about all the balance in your life and, you know, your social interactions, your, you know, your health, your nutrition, um, all of that just really fits in together. Right. And it's, it's balanced because you know what life is going on right now. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you give up an opportunity, you know, I love me some chips and salsa, but I'd be realistic with myself. I can't go to a restaurant and eat an entire basket of chips and salsa. That doesn't work for me overall, but it also doesn't work for me to have none. Mm-hmm. And to restrict myself. You know what I do? I count out like maybe 10. I'm going to have 10 mm-hmm. chips. I put them on my plate. And you know what, Brenda? I enjoy every single one. And I may actually, I might even have a margarita with it. But the thing is, I plan for that into my way of eating. Okay. Well, and I think a lot because of people. Because if you're unhappy, you're not going to do it forever. You're miserable. Why make yourself miserable? You're going to eat all the things if you're miserable. I think of a lot of people would benefit simply from just planning ahead of time yes. what they were going to eat this day and yep. not diverting from that. Right. You know, if you just consciously plan what you were going to eat and then this is this is what you eat. You know, okay, we're going out to dinner tonight. Well, I'm going to eat, you know, a salad and fewer carbs at lunch because I know that I don't want to pass up on those great tortilla chips. Right, exactly. I'm just going to make some adjustments earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And in, um, oh gosh, now my brain just just left me for a second. Um, whew, crap. Um, I had this great thought too. Um, tortilla chips, whatever. Oh yeah. Planning. Um, because you know what, if we wait to decide what we want to eat until we're hungry, all kinds of stuff goes wrong because Mm -hmm. when you're hungry, I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I don't make the best decisions because I'm hungry. I don't have time to mess with that. I'm I'm just going to grab the quickest thing I can find. And if we're not careful, we don't know whether we're head hungry or stomach hungry. Right. Because there is a difference. Right. Head hungry is when, you know, you want to eat all the donuts, but then it's like, okay, well, how about have this chicken breast? Oh, I'm not that hungry. Right. Because if we're truly hungry, sometimes we, yeah. So planning helps. I mean, I don't do anything hardly anymore without planning and 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 it and people go oh I don't want to be so restricted I don't want to have to like plan my it's not like I'm planning out to every single little leaf of lettuce I'm eating or chunk of cheese but you've got to have some plan in your head that this is what my day is going to look like uh ahead of time before you're hungry and you've got to have food with you how many folks do I hear say well I work all day and I I work and then all of a sudden I get hungry and I didn't take anything for lunch and I don't want to eat you got to have food plan ahead you got to take food with you you got to eat and (laughs) I found it helpful to sort of have a template of I eat I tend to eat most of the same things, at least for breakfast and lunch. I think most of us eat the same things, right? Yeah, I think there's probably, I think they've done studies that most of us probably only eat about 20 different foods on a regular basis. Right. Um, but I have my, you know, my normal breakfast and my normal lunch and then dinner kind of varies. And sometimes if I haven't been real hungry and maybe I didn't eat lunch, because sometimes that happens. I mean, I still if I'm not exercising a lot or moving a lot, or, you know, I ate too much the day before, then I, I may not be hungry for a meal. And so I try to be aware of my hunger cues 
and yes. whether I'm hungry and then not let myself get too hungry. Right. Because that's when it's all right. Hunger yeah. cues. Right. That's when everything goes out the window and breakfast. I mean, like for me, for years, I don't know what, you know, I, I wanted me a bowl of cereal for breakfast or I wanted me a piece of toast. And then by the time I got to work, Brenda, I was starving because Those donuts were looking really good by then. I, oh, I can't even tell you how many donuts because I was hungry because I didn't give myself enough of the right type of satiating foods to keep me going. I and mean, as good as protein is key. Mm -hmm. So by the time I would get to work and I was hungry because I'd only eaten that stupid bowl of, of Cheerios and some skim milk and I get to work and I'm hungry and pretty soon I'm eating four donuts in the break room that I really didn't want, but I'm hungry. Um, it makes a difference. Protein, 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 I've learned. And then and all of a sudden, we, as we learn, as we age too, yeah. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you. no, I, uh, no. But, um, you know, with protein, it helps us maintain the muscle that we tend to lose as we get older. Yep. That happens also. biologically. Yes. As and we lose our hormones, our muscle goes Right. And that's too. why a lot of folks start seeing weight gain. You know, how many folks have you heard say, well, gee, everything was fine till I hit 50 and all of a sudden I've gained all this weight. What's really going on there, Brenda? Was it just, <laughs> did you wake up overnight or has it been some, some compounding interest? I always say, I love compounded interest in my bank account, <laughs> but over many, many years and it's small and gradual, but we're losing that muscle mass, right? And muscle and takes energy, calories. And then if we're losing that muscle a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, and it starts picking up around menopause, but, you know, all of a sudden it's like, boom, where did all that fat came from? Well, it's because we've lost our muscle through the years and we didn't do anything about it. And if we keep eating the same way, we just don't need the same amount of food anymore. And boom, that's where that fat's coming from. So, yeah. So that's another huge benefit of strength training. Strength mm -hmm. training and protein. And protein is, you know, it, it just, we're not as hungry. I'm not going to want to eat that whole box of donuts if I've had a decent, you know, something to eat. Yeah. So, Even I, if it's just a protein shake or right. I like those little um, prepackaged ones. I use them in my coffee, mix it with my coffee. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and then have a. And it's all habits, you know, so, so when we're going back to, you know, you said you've got kind of a set breakfast you eat, so do I, mm -hmm. and I don't view it as being like regimented. I just, that's just my habit, you mm -hmm. know, and that's my habit that works for me. And I think when I coach folks, I try to coach them around habit changes. Let's just change mm -hmm. some habits and habits are what things we do every day without even thinking about them. And a lot of times it's just a matter of adding things instead of subtracting things. Because right. sometimes, just like with the protein, if you add protein to your breakfast, then it's bound to result in a couple less donuts down the road. Yeah, because, you know, I try to coach around a uh, abundance, you know, to think about all the awesome foods we can have instead of thinking about the foods we're taking away. And so years ago when literally, I mean, I weighed 238 pounds. I'll just tell you that. And, oh, wow. um, it was after, you know, before I had my first knee replacement surgery, that was the heaviest that ever, ever been in my life. And I never, ever thought I'd ever be over 200 pounds. It's like, how the heck did I get here? But it was all these years of mindlessness and stress eating and not planning. But I, I had to take a look at, to me, you can't fix what you don't know is broken. Mm-hmm. And I had to take a hard look at really what I was eating because I was fooling myself. I, I thought I was eating okay, but I was, I was a I was 238 pounds of walking bread carbs. If it was a bread, it was a cake. It was a cookie because I was grabbing that because I wasn't planning and I was letting myself get hungry and it was just easy. So when I first started wanting to get a handle on, I never said to myself, Jennifer, you're not going to eat another donut. I never said, I'm not going to, I'm going to take away this bread. I said, I'm just going to crowd in some more protein. Mm -hmm. And once I started focusing on, it became a game for me because I'm a challenge person. So it became a game. Well, where can I get my protein? What kind of protein am I going to eat with this meal? And pretty soon, guess what I found? I didn't want that other stuff anymore. I crowded that other stuff out without ever telling myself I couldn't have it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think sometimes when we tell ourselves that we can't have something or we never gonna have it again or whatever, then we start focusing on that. It's real easy to start focusing on that and obsessing over that. And then all of a sudden, oh gosh, you know, I want it, I want it, I want it because I can't have it. You know, because I, think I can't depri- have it. Yeah. Deprivation definitely leads to indulgence nine times out of ten at least. Right. It just it just doesn't work well. So I always tell folks, you know. If we're going to lose weight, we got to eat. We do, you know, letting yourself get too hungry never works. Um, But at the same time, we've got to be real with ourselves and look at what are our trigger foods? Probably, maybe we need a handle on that. And um, we've got to make some deliberate choices and make some habit changes. Mm -hmm. You and I could sit here all day long and talk food and fitness, right? I mean, (laughs) Let's keep it real. So let's just kind of take another little direction here at Coffee with Jen. So I always like to talk to folks about what's in their cups, maybe not just in their literal cups, but maybe what's in their life cups. But let's talk literal cups because you and I talked about this. Now, I'm not going to name any brand names because that wouldn't be nice. But uh, what do you have in your cup? What, what you drinking while we're having Coffee with Jen today, Ms. Brenda? I'm drinking. Uh, it's not hot anymore. It was cocoa. <laughs> cocoa powder mixed with hot water and stevia and a little bit of coconut milk. Ooh, so you had your little cocoa. Yes, I did. I had a chocolate craving. So and so, oh, can we just diverge? I can't, we can't help ourselves folks. Sorry, we got to take food. So people say they love chocolate. Mm-hmm. I love chocolate, but sometimes what they're talking about isn't really chocolate. So when you're eating, when you're drinking your cocoa, you're drinking cocoa from cocoa powder, right? Some actual mm-hmm. cocoa. cocoa. So yes. you're getting some straight chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a little Debbie cake. No. Chocolate. Okay. No. So yeah, I like dark chocolate. I have to have chocolate every day. That was just yeah. one of my, that is just one of my, I've got to have chocolate every day. So I just found a way of eating it. I don't eat Snickers bar. Oh, I'm sorry. Snickers bar chocolate. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, it's chocolate, but it's not really chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. There's a lot of other stuff that goes with it. So I just don't deprive myself of that chocolate. So good for you. You're having some cocoa. Well, yeah. I'm having, I'm not mentioning brand names, but I'm going to tell you, Brenda can see my face. Y'all can't. It don't taste good. Okay, so I'm trying to get more collagen into my life. It's good for my joints. It's good for our skin, blah, blah. Okay, collagen is naturally occurring in our bodies. And it's something that, you know, starts decreasing as we get older. So I'm trying to get more collagen. So I do take collagen every day and have this great company that I have a subscription to. And they send me my collagen powder. Well, they sent me this little sample of collagen water. Guys, not good. But that's what's in my cup. Okay. My literal cup. So what's in your life cup? What's going on in your in your life cup? What's what's going on? Oh gosh. Got my first vaccination, my first COVID vaccination. Ooh, me too. And so I'm looking forward to hopefully uh things opening back up. Um, taking some road trips. I'm studying a lot. I'm getting ready to start trying to uh, coach a few people online. Okay. So on online coaching, you're going to try to actually use all your knowledge. Yes, I am. I've used it just not, you know, not directly, I guess. Right. But uh, I've had, you know, several people ask me about coaching them. So I'm going to start working on that. probably in the next uh, month or two um and looking forward to some vacations yeah. and still studying okay still so that's studying. so that's in your life cup so um so these vacations so um like like what's like number one on your bucket list place you want to go because i just interviewed someone the other day who actually um she's a travel enthusiast but she likes to, she loves to travel and she tries, she travels very economically. And so she has some life bucket trips. Do you have a life bucket trip that you want to want to take? <sighs> no, well, I've traveled internationally um, in the past. I've been to Machu Picchu in Peru. Mm-hmm. I've been to London. Um, I hope to get back to Nicaragua. 
uh, I've been there a couple of times helping build uh, energy efficient stoves in the village and um, working with an organization down there that uh, helps supply good um, clean water. But um, domestically, I've never been to New England. Oh. And hopefully uh, we'll take a road trip up there sometime. Uh, that in Alaska, it's almost a family tradition. Um, my grandparents took a trip to Alaska. My parents took a, camp, pulled a camping trailer from Texas to Alaska and spent about five weeks years ago. Um, one of my siblings has been to Alaska. So I think that that's, that's on our bucket list for in the future. Not this year, but sometime. My first, my first road trip um, after I'm fully vaccinated is probably going to be to go visit my dad. Okay. No, no, we're, oh, okay. So that, that's he's a road six, trip then. Yeah. yeah. He's 600 miles from here. So I haven't seen him. Um, the last time that I was in Texas where he lives, uh, they shut things down the day before we got there. He lives in an independent living facility. So um, I couldn't go see him. So anyway, that was, that was a year, over a year ago now. So looking forward to, yeah. looking forward to seeing him again, ornery as he is. Cool. So you are 64 cruising mm -hmm. toward Goodness, 65. Right? Cruising toward <laughs> 65. So um, so what piece of advice, if you had to only give one piece of advice to younger women um, about how to try to make sure that they're thriving, not just surviving and being as vibrant as you are uh, at age 64, what would be that one piece of advice you would give them? Probably everything in moderation and nothing in extreme. Um, yeah, probably there's a there's a few things that I did that I went to extremes with um, that I wish <laughs> maybe I'd play the middle ground a little bit, maybe navigate the middle a little bit more, yeah. and uh, but enjoy it you know, enjoy all the, all the experiences you can at the same time. Okay. Well, Brenda, thanks for being with me today at Coffee with Jen. And folks, I am going to, when this podcast drops, which will probably be week after next, uh, you, you guys were thinking, Jennifer, why are you telling me this? Because we even know what day today is. But when it drops, I just realized that. Oh, well. Um, I will make sure you guys know how you can follow. I call it follow the breadcrumbs. So you can follow Brenda around. I think you've got a new newsletter, news list, some yes. information. So folks can sign up for that. Um, and But I do challenge them to stalk you on Instagram and look at your biceps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's, 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 it's worth, it's worth the travel there. So let's uh, raise our cups to each other with my delicious collagen water and your cocoa. And we'll just clink, clink, clink through the beauty of the screen. And um, thank you, Brenda, for being here today at Coffee with Jen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.